This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Congress brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. And Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back uh, Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason Mann and with me as usual is Rich Krejci. Rich, good to be back with you. Absolutely. And we are are doing our final player episode uh, in our top 50 series. From here on out, we're going to be uh, we'll be doing a show with Rich and I talking kind of about our final arguments on certain players. And then after that, we'll have our show uh, revealing the final top 50. So the uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel, as they say. So uh, yes. Joining us, a very special guest. He is the uh, host of the very popular Dunked on Basketball uh, podcast and a writer for uh, such sites as Nylon Calculus. Uh, Nate Duncan, uh, welcome back to the program. What's going on, guys? So we are going to uh, chat about uh, Dwayne Wade and uh, one of the uh, great players uh, since he uh, started in the uh, um, mid-2000s, near-MVP candidates, three championships, uh, been a great, you know, both a great lead player and a great supporting player for, um, or a co-lead player for, uh, the, for the heat over the last few years and looking kind of at the little bit of the overall case for him, 
He is uh, 62nd all-time in win shares, uh, 29th all-time in win shares for 48, 11th in box score plus minus, and 26th in value over placement player. He is uh, two times on the All-NBA first team, three on the uh, second team, and three on the uh, third team. Also has two... uh, or excuse me, three appearances on the all defensive second team, six seasons in the top 10 in, in win shares for 48, uh, four times in the top 10 in value over placement player. He is a uh, second all time in uses percentage and 21st all time in points per game on the, uh, in the Bill Simmons book of basketball, uh, pyramid, he ranks uh, 28th out of 96 players. This was done in 2010 and in the Slam Magazine 500 Greatest Players, um, he is 49th, which was done in 2011. So but probably not much changed since then, even though he's probably he's slowed down a bit over the last couple of years. Uh, just dynamic scorer, uh, great all-around player, lots of versatility. Um, and uh, other than durability issues, I don't see much of an issue with him getting into this top 50. But, uh, Nate, what do you think about uh, Wade's and uh, top 50 case? Yeah, the one thing that you didn't mention is that I think he is – almost unequivocally a top four shooting guard of all time. Mm-hmm. And and when you consider that, there's just there's no way that he would not be in a top 50, even even a top 50 that you're making for all of NBA history. Uh, he's got to be in there and, you know, probably even a top 25 player, you would have to say relatively comfortably. I mean, the only sad part is that he hasn't had the durability. I mean, he missed basically... That whole 07-08 season, he missed about half of their title defense in 06-07. And, you know, really since 2012, he's kind of been somewhat of a part-time player. But nonetheless, when he has been able to stay on the floor, he's aged relatively well when you consider the fact that he's not as tall as some of the other shooting guards, uh, although he has that huge wingspan. So, yeah, I think there's really – he's right up there and – you know, even even with Kobe, he's probably had two better seasons than Kobe ever had, uh, and a better playoff run by far than Kobe ever had. So, uh, Kobe on longevity, you could say I, I think he's right up there with Kobe. In my opinion, doesn't have the longevity, but uh, yeah, really, just clearly a top fifty player in NBA history, no question about it. Real quick, Nate, who are, who are the other shooting guards that you would say you'd probably put over him? And I, I think we'd probably tend to agree, but for people that maybe just aren't aware, who, who would you have over him or, or, or possibly just under him? Well, Jordan clearly would be higher. But, uh, I'm going to have to argue. No, I'm just but, I, but I think <laughs> I think the next tier would be yeah. Jerry West, Kobe, and Wade. Yeah. And, you know, I think choosing between those three, there are very powerful arguments in favor of all three. West, unfortunately, is before my time. I don't quite have the familiarity with him. And also just a, as kind of a little bit shorter of a guy, you know, you wonder how he would necessarily compete in today's game. But he was also really quick uh, and an underrated playmaker back in the day as well. And, and obviously, uh, basically a first-team All-NBA guard for almost 15 years. So pretty pretty hard to argue with him. And then but Kobe and Wade as well. So all, I think all three of those guys would be difficult to choose between, but uh, that's not the point of the podcast. <laughs> so exactly. Uh, yeah. so I was just, I was just kind of curious on what, what your, what your kind of tier ranking was. And that was, I, I, I absolutely agree. I'm, I'm the same tier. Yeah, as you. And, and I think Jason, are you the same? Yeah, yeah I, I oh, would. Yeah. I, I would, I would agree. And Nate, go on with your point. Oh, I was going to say, I think there's a very clear drop off 
behind those three? I mean, who would be after after them? Are you you're sort of getting into Vince Carter, Reggie Miller, yeah, like Clyde Drexler eras, if you want. Yeah, like, yeah it gets Drexler. really murky. It's kind of it's it, it's kind of funny, and that's I think, and that's why I asked the question to you initially because you mentioned, you know, how do you not put you know one of the top you know four point guards or you know obviously a top five uh, shooting guard rather uh, of all time in the top fifty, and when you really look at it, I mean. You kind of, I mean, of of that position, there's not a whole lot of guys that stand out as like all time, all time, all time greats. And compared to when you look at some of the other positions that seem a little bit more rich in it, as you said, you get to that, you know, obviously you have Jordan, and then you have that tier two, and then you get tier three, and then it's like guys that you're like, I don't know if those guys are even top. So when you look at a guy like Wade, and he's so clearly in, like you said, that tier two of shooting guards. I'm with you. It's hard to make an argument that he wouldn't be in the top 50 of all time, just given what he can do in that position all time. And and he just ranks out super, super well amongst all time shooting guards. So, yeah, he, he's to me, he's a, he's a very, very good uh, top 50 candidate. Yeah. And I wonder yeah, if part was, of that. Yeah. I was wonder if part of that is um, you know, because of the way kind of the game was played, you know, kind of involving into the 80s where the guard positions were less defined. Um, you know, the, the, a lot of guys who were, were, you know, kind of both guards, there, there were certain mm-hmm. guys who were obviously more point guards and certain guys who were more shooting guys, but a lot of the guys were kind of in between. So the, the role I don't think is, you know, as defined as it kind of became later. And, you know, just because of how the game evolved, um, you know, with, you know, the three point not being, you know, until 1980, I, I feel like there's been more of a chance for guards to kind of stand out I mean, even in particularly shooting guards in the past 30 years or so. Yeah, I, I, it's the exact point that I was going to make, that it, it wasn't really the shooting guard position that had evolved, especially uh, Jordan and, and Drexler. Those kind of guys were really the first high flyers at that position as much, I think, whereas before Dr. J, those guys were kind of more forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to get a guy who both had the ability to get to the basket, dunk on people and shoot from the outside and, you know, sort of be a de facto point guard, but at six, six and whose primary mission was still scoring. That was not something that we really saw until the eighties. Sure. Uh, real, real quick here. And we've been doing this on all the podcasts, sort of looking at where Wade compares uh, era and position and then all time uh, position. Of course, this is just guards. This will count point guards and shooting guards here, but uh, he's third in wind shares uh, all time or in his era. Um, amongst guards, fifth in win shares per 48. So, so what's, and what are you saying, is, what are you saying is his era, just from the uh, day debut? The, the time in which he played, yeah. Okay. Basically, you know, from what we've been doing is just to kind of give it a, an era, we've been doing his rookie year until the time he retired. Gotcha. So just looking at the, the, the time at which he was playing and where he ranks, you know, amongst amongst those. Um, and then all time, uh, 19th in win shares, uh, 10th in win shares per 48, and 11th in value of replacement player. But of course, as mentioned, this includes point guards and shooting guards, but still... It's all right. I mean, he's top 20 in basically all those, you know, big advanced metrics. And they look at all the other stuff, too, uh, as Jason mentioned, usage rate and all that other stuff. He comes out as just a, a glowing, glowing candidate for this. Almost a no-brainer in a lot of ways. Yeah, let's yeah, just he- end the podcast right now. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, he's a hot take. All right, yeah. so never mind. Uh, yeah, no, wait. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, yeah. he was the closest guy for me as far as the, you know, the, the post-1996 guys to being, you know, a, a no-brainer. But I just kind of, I felt like there was at least a little bit of discussion um, to kind of, um, you know, put him there. I, the one thing that surprises me a little bit, and it's not, you know, a huge thing, but only twice on the All-NBA first team, which only in quotes. Um, and, and some of that, I'm sure, is injuries and some of that 
is, you know, being behind Kobe and just being behind, you know, a, a litany of, of other great, more, more point guards than shooting guards. But obviously that has an effect when you're talking about the all NBA teams. Um, but, I'm you know, yeah. a- and part of it, too, is the fact that probably his two best years were spent toiling on a heat team that had basically cleared the books getting ready for 2010. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that awful Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, I was looking at that team when we were doing research. Like that, I, I that that team did not exist. That uh, I think it's the it's the uh, oh I think the oh eight oh nine uh, Heat. It's like Quentin Richardson and Jermaine O'Neal and Dwayne Wade. And it's like what are what is this team like? Like it's it didn't exist. There's no way it did. Yeah, they traded Sean Marion halfway through the year for Jermaine O'Neal. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. Well, what? No, that didn't happen. That it just didn't. There's no way. Yeah. Jermaine O'Neal on the Heat never happened. I, I I'm confident of that I, I don't think the last like eight years of Jermaine O'Neal's career happened so. <laughs> I, I, I guess he popped up here and there he, um, I, he was in the Warriors for a little while I remember that that's yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but uh, that, that's they were doing post-ups for him I think on the uh, Warriors but it's a good idea yeah <laughs> so um yeah I, I mean, anything else Nate that stands out to you about uh about Wade how underrated of a playmaker and a passer he was you know, when you consider the point guards that he played next to, he essentially has never played next to a point guard who really could do much of anything as far as playmaking. It would have been interesting to see how that might happen. Although you could say that LeBron eventually became that guy as as another ball handler around him. But for most of his career, you didn't need a point guard because he was probably, you know, the best dribbling point guard or uh, shooting guard among any any of the his contemporaries and his ability to work in the pick and roll as a shooting guard was really something that uh, we didn't see all that much of uh, before he came in. And so he had seasons where he averaged eight assists really, which we did not see really, I think from pretty much any shooting guard before him, I want to say other maybe than Jerry West, uh, you know, who was kind of playing as a hybrid point guard shooting guard. I can't think of any other shooting guards who are averaging those type of assists regularly, except maybe Jordan in 1989 is the only one that comes to mind to average over eight assists. Mm-hmm. How do you think Wade, you know, cause you know, he's kind of right around like kind of four on that list of shooting guards and, and we're not necessarily, you know, here to rank them or anything, but do you think like he has a chance as his game ages to sort of, you know, move up that list and, you know, be in the conversation for a second all time. Um, you know, do you think his skills kind of lend to that? He doesn't really have the shooting, but it seems like the other stuff might, you know, kind of let him have, you know, a deeper career into his thirties. The health obviously being the big question. I don't know. That's interesting. He looked pretty spry in the that preseason game the other day, but it's, I don't think he's ever going to be good enough in these next few seasons to put him over or under either way. You know, I mean, maybe if he's on a team that wins a championship and he's the second or third best player, that it's possible. But I don't think so. I think most of his resume is complete now. And the question of whether you pick him or Kobe is really, I think, a question of whether you value career value more or you value peak more and you value postseason performance more, uh, in which case I would say Wade gets it because Kobe to me never had that absolute transcendent carry your team to the title kind of postseason that Wade had in 2006. Mm-hmm. All right, Rich, anything else? 
Uh, no, I think we've uh, we basically wrapped up as much as we can on, on Wade. I feel bad that we, we couldn't really get into like a, a heated discussion or whatever. But when you have a guy like this, it's sort of just, I, you know, there's really not much you can slight the guy for other than, yeah, as like you said, the longevity thing could be something. But I mean, you really look at his career and it's not been a, a particularly like short career by any means. I mean, yeah, we're, we're starting to see a little bit of the fade now. And, and like Nate said, I don't believe, you know, in the next few years he's going to do anything to really dramatically increase his case or whatever but you know stranger things have happened we don't know exactly but it, it doesn't really i mean everything's there for Wade as well and like that that peak that he had you know that that you know essentially you know 06 till you know 2010 peak is unprecedented and it's just amongst shooting guards it's it's something you know other than really jordan and and you know a few others have have even come close to so yeah for me i mean it'd be nice to have a, a big long argument but there's not much to be made i mean it's pretty well a, a, a you know, a, a case, uh, you know, closed case on Wade for me, at least. Yeah. Uh, Nate, uh, want to let everyone else uh, know where they can find you? Absolutely. Nate Duncan NBA. I usually live tweet whatever game I'm watching from my Twitter account. And there's links to most of my stuff. Um, I'm writing for uh, SI.com with the, the cauldron at the moment. Also, Nylon Calculus on occasion. And uh, also the Dunked On Basketball Podcast, which you can find a link to in my Twitter bio as well. That's pretty much we're doing season previews for hopefully all 30 teams. So that's uh, whatever your favorite team is. Uh, hopefully we'll get to your team and uh, you get an hour of insight between me and a beat writer or team blogger who knows a lot about the team. So hopefully uh, that'll be interesting to people. All right, Nate. Well, uh, thanks uh, so much for uh, joining us again. And uh, you can find us at hardwoodparoxysm.com. We also have a, we're on iTunes, both over and back uh, podcast and the uh, HP network um, podcast, uh, network of podcasts are all both on iTunes. We appreciate a rating and review. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at over and back NBA. And also we have our forums where you can chat about uh, any of our shows, any of these top 50 players or anything related to basketball history that you would like. Uh, over and back nba.com so thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back again soon This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.